for the hundredth time Going crazy I'm just trying to find words that might explain Jesus and what he's done for me Every time it feels like I'm holding Every drop of the entire ocean in a paper cup Nice try, but it's never enough Yep Well, we're rolling with a lot of uh, baseball talk here now as we uh, count down to the debacle uh, that might be in uh, Seattle with the All-Star game. I said there might be a baseball game played at uh, the All-Star game in Seattle. You know, it's a great time of the year, and you know we just had Garvey on the show, and I think we got to bring on Tommy John again. He he was on last year. But the fact is, every time I put on the television, there's another guy... (laughs) <laughs> He's got to go back in for Tommy John. So I, I don't know what's going on. But, you know, either way, we love baseball. We eat, sleep, and breathe. It's someone who actually probably eats, sleeps, and breathes baseball more than us is our next guest, which I'm very excited about. We've known Eduardo for so many, many years. I'm privileged to know him. Eduardo Perez, who really needs no introduction. You see him every weekend on ESPN. Uh, and, by the way, first of all, Eduardo, good to see you. Uh, good seeing you guys, and thanks for having me on the show. It's uh, I've been watching you guys for a long time, listening to you guys for a long time. So uh, this is this is family. This is a lot of fun. First of all, fun times. You were just in L.A. You uh, called the uh, Dodger Yankee game. That was that was cool. Yeah, it was. It, it was really cool. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see Aaron Judge. Yeah. Decided to break a fence in right field. <laughs> By the way. One thing that I did not know, and then it was clarified by the ground crew later on, yeah. that the fence that he broke is the fence that leads to the beer garden <laughs> when there are concerts there. Yeah. So that's not a lot of people know that when there are concerts at Dodger Stadium, it's not a bullpen. It's a beer garden. I didn't even realize it. I thought it was like, you know, a fence that actually opens, and it wasn't. I mean, this guy's massive to go through that fence, but... Yeah. Oh, man. I watched the entire series. Unfortunately, it wasn't the best performance by the Dodgers as we bleed blue here. But nonetheless, uh, a lot of fun to see the Yankees back in Los Angeles. You have had, first of all, I want to bring everyone up to speed here. 13. How Was it 13 years you played in the bigs? Yeah, 13 years. 13 seasons in the big leagues, one in Japan. Yeah. One in Japan. Now, first of all, you know, that's that's incredible, the fact that you played that long in, in the major leagues. Your dad is Tony Perez, and we can't just ignore it. He's one of the greatest to ever play the game. Let's be honest. And um, I want to ask you, first of all. Big red machine. Big red machine. But, you know, growing up as a kid, I want to ask you just any any memories that really come about, you know, having your father being who he was. Um, and you kind of witnessing the game, how it was played back then, and then comparing it to to now. Just throw out some memories and as a child. All right. So as a child, I was spoiled, right? You yeah. grow up around greatness. And greatness is being around Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, Johnny Bench, David Concepcion, Ken Griffey Sr. I can go on and on. George Foster is a young player. And that's what I saw. That's what us growing up, the kids around the clubhouse saw growing up. We understood what it was to win. Mm. We understood what it was to compete. And I think that played a major a major part in who I then became um, and who I've become because I'm fascinated by the game. I've always been fascinated by it. And it's led me to a lot of places where, let's face it, I wouldn't have been if it wasn't for baseball. So I'm grateful for 
for what the game represented for my family. It's the reason why my parents met. They met in Puerto Rico, even though they're both Cuban. They're from different areas of Cuba. But when my dad went to play in Puerto Rico, um, he met my mom five months later. They've been married. And since, they've been hand-in-hand the entire time, sort of like Al and March. So it's a lot of – it's – it's just a lot of um, being grateful to the game, but most importantly, understanding where you come from. And I think that's the part where I've been able to, you know, have a living, not only playing the game, coaching the game, but then also being able to broadcast the games and telling my point of view on how I've seen it uh, from a standpoint of a kid in the seventies, all the way through the man that I've become now in, um, in 2020s. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's great. Hey, uh, Eduardo, in addition to Ken Griffey Jr. and yourself, name some other players' uh, sons who maybe have played some uh, big league ball, can you? Oh, yeah, of course. So in Cincinnati, just to put it again in perspective, the kids of the 70s, it was 12 of us that ended up signing professionally. Oh. Five of us won in the first round. So you have Ed, Ed Sprague Jr., who ended up going to Stanford, and he was a first-round draft pick. It was Brian McRae, a son of Hal McRae, also that was a first-round draft pick. It was Lee May Jr., Mm. who was a first-round draft pick with the Mets, never was able to play in the big leagues, but became a very, very good coach with the Boston Red Sox. It was Ken Griffey Jr. and myself that went in the first round. But Pete Rose Jr. um, uh, was also signed, ended up playing in the big leagues for a cup of coffee with Cincinnati, and so many others, from Helms to... Uh, later on in the 80s, you can you can continue the trend and see um, uh, the Bell family. Yeah. Also, Buddy Bell, his son, now managing the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, it's it's in your it's in your blood. It's who you are, and I think that's the part as kids that we don't realize. I mean, Adam, look at you. You're in this business now because of all the stuff that you that you saw. You know, Al do. You know, growing up, I have without... a better golf game, by the way, though. So. That's the good news. That that is the good news. Yeah, that is yeah, the good news. Yeah. The, the big question is this. Yeah. You bring in flowers every week. That's the big question. <laughs> okay, I like huh? that. I like that. Probably <laughs> should actually. Uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about these uh, recent rules changes and get your take on uh, the good or the bad and the ugly of it and uh, your feelings uh, with what's gone on. I love I love the rule changes. I love a lot of it. You know, I was skeptical at the beginning with the bases. Right. Um, I didn't know why they had to be bigger. I didn't know if it was going to affect the base running or not. Uh, we've seen it has an uptake of maybe 4% increase, 4 to 5% increase on stolen base success. But so far, that's been okay. The time clock, I was skeptical at the beginning. You know what? I love the time clock. Yeah. Love it. I think we can still have conversations about it. And then I questioned also, should we have a clock in the in, in the eighth or ninth inning if it's a save situation, mm. if it's close? Because the drama, people are, are actually invested in the game. Mm-hmm. But we've seen that, um, that Kenley Jensen, who used to take his time as a closer, has made the adjustment really well in Boston. We've seen um, setup guys make the adjustment under pressure as well. Mm-hmm. So the time clock has not played big as of late. Yeah. We haven't seen a lot of penalties as, as of late. So it's always good to be out of the ballpark and, and be able to get to dinner if you have a a um, 
a four o'clock start or a one o'clock start, you can go watch a baseball game and know that by five o'clock you're ready to go. Yeah. You can be with the family. I think that brings back a little bit of what baseball used to be. And we're seeing that right now we're right on point with what 1981 was before and before that. Mm. And because of it, we're trying to make this America's pastime again. And I think time had a lot to do with it. And dead time had a lot to do with baseball and people falling out of love with it. All right. Yeah, no doubt. I actually dig it. I think, um, not that I care. I mean, I've always loved baseball so much that st- spending, f- you know, four hours or three hours at the ballpark was cool with me because I absolutely loved it. I, I was addicted. I still am addicted. I remember finally my transistor radio going to bed with it at night and having <laughs> yeah. Vin Scully with me to the 18th inning mm-hmm. uh, and falling asleep. But I get it. I mean, look, at uh, there's certain, you know, there's people out there who go to the ball club and whether they're with their families or whatnot, they've got plans and maybe they just want to go and experience it and then move on. So that's cool. I, I love it. Um, so let, let's, let's you know, kind of, I want to talk to you a little bit about the transition into kind of post-baseball. With the NFL season? Well, Yeah, right. But, <laughs> and we're going to talk a little golf with Eduardo here, but because I know he plays golf. But, you know, you you kind of – I mean, you, you, I don't believe you had a break, right, from, from playing professional baseball. You went right into being, you know, an analyst, right? I had to. You know, and that's what I try to tell a lot of players and former players – a lot of them don't have the luxury to just retire and say, I want to take a year off. Mm. Baseball continues. It's going to continue with us, without us. And if you take a year off, that means that that young kid that's watching the game Mm. is going to move on to another star player and is going to forget who you are. And I've had this conversation. I remember one time with Torrey Hunter and I told Torrey, I said, Torrey, you'd be the perfect guy for little league baseball, Hmm. you know, to just start off that way and broadcast a little Little League. He's got the perfect smile. He had a great career, charisma, uh, likable, star player. And um, he's like, I'm going to take a year off to see my son play at Notre Dame. And I get it. And I was like, but this is only like a couple weeks yeah. of, of the, you know, it's Little League World Series. Just dive into it a little bit there. Mm. People forget. If you don't do something memorable, people forget. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's be honest. I wasn't that star player um, at the major league level and I needed to continue to work mm-hmm. and I was fortunate that when I was with the then Cleveland Indians mm-hmm. uh, a gentleman by the name of Bart Swain who is their PR guy still to this day hmm. um, he was the one that said look you should be on baseball tonight I, I'd, I'd love to connect you with ESPN and I said look if we don't make the postseason I'd love to be on that ESPN postseason squad and mm-hmm. and that's exactly how it happened I got my foot in the door, and after once I got that foot, it's a big foot. I don't know if you guys realize this. <laughs> yeah, it is. But um, <laughs> it, it was going to be hard to, to get me out of that. How long has it been now at ESPN? Well, I started officially in 2007. Yeah. Oh, wow. I took what I call a uh, a two-and-a-half-year break to go coach, mm-hmm. to get better, to see my to do a master's in coaching. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I said, okay, now it's time to be able to get in the booth and broadcast games instead of being in the studio. So well, I love it. I, I love watching you, especially on uh, the weekends and Sundays. And some, uh, a lot of times I'm there with my oldest uh, Anderson, who's uh, turning 12 soon. And, uh, you he's know, got a big you, foot too. he's got a big foot. He's wearing a 12 now. man. Jeez. <laughs> a 12. Yeah. <laughs> he does have a big foot. Too. <laughs> but, but, you know, 
it's it's fun to watch because your perspective is so unique and different. I mean, you're personal, I think. Uh, but you got to stay up with the with the game. I mean, like the Reds just called up a cat who's just phenomenal, and it's like every day there's a new kid on the block. And you know, as as someone you know like yourself who's an analyst, you got to stay up to date on everything. Everything, everything, and now this is where the crazy starts, right? Yeah. So you're talking about Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah. Um, and I had a conversation with Pat Kelly, who has been a manager forever. Mm. I managed against him in winter ball, as a matter of fact. I respect him immensely. He has managed for years. And he actually, we had a conversation. He said, Eddie, this is the best player I've ever managed. And he's managed four Hall of Famers. Wow. All right. This is how good Ellie De La Cruz is going to be. Wow. He has speed. He has power. He has charisma. And he has a knack for understanding where to be as a shortstop. Think about this. Mm. He got to the big leagues and usually as a minor leaguer, you might hit third, second, third, or fourth. But when you get to the big leagues, they stick you at the seven hole or the eight hole. He immediately went to the cleanup spot (laughs) and it has been money since. And not only that, the Cincinnati Reds are going to be for real. And I know you're keeping track of them because they're playing the Dodgers. And I know you're a big Dodger fan. And that's why you called them the cat. Because yeah. he's already hit a home run, he's oh, a triple. This guy. He's done a lot of things. Yeah. But um, getting back to staying in touch with everything, um, and I call this the crazy. And it starts in June, all the way through mid July. Yeah, it's the responsibility of having the College World Series as well. So not only do you have to know the thirty teams at the major league level and the players, you also have to know the college players because now they just finished regionals. They go into super regionals this week. And then the College World Series starts, and I'll be in Omaha starting next Thursday. And we start those games on Friday. But then after that, it's the draft. Mm. So we also have to be in tune with the high schoolers as well and all the players throughout the country. Full-time so, job. Yeah, maybe it's, it's, maybe, it's a full-time job. Maybe you'll, you'll be seeing Anderson's name in the next five years or something like that. We'll see. That, would be, that would be phenomenal. Now, real quick, I know you're busy, and I want to uh, ask you a couple questions. One's going to be related to golf, but – I want to ask you one thing. Because, yeah, you 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 have had such a nice career, especially after baseball and television covering baseball. But is there any? And well, you know, you can be politically correct for all I care. Is there any chance of you perhaps one day considering maybe coaching again, managing in the bigs? Um, I really love what I do right now, okay. and I was really close to getting the Mets job a few years ago. Mm. And it came down to Carlos Beltran and myself, and then he had to step down for some reasons. But it was a fifth interview, and um, I thought for a second that that would that would have been a hold to my broadcasting career. And let's go manage. I have a passion for that as well. I know. But but um, right now I'm enjoying what I do. Okay. It gives me, as a matter of fact, even with as busy as I am, it gives me the freedom of having time off as well and being able to disconnect and. Uh, that part is the fun part of what I do. I was able to go to the NBA Finals yesterday. I'm going to the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. You know, stuff like that that you wouldn't be able to do if you're managing. So no doubt. I'm appreciative of being able to still stay current with baseball and, and the way that it's improved beyond, I believe, uh, what what we thought it would be uh, because of the new rules and the way that analytically the baseball uh, baseball has moved forward. Okay. Uh so, last but not least, um, 
you you know over the years in fact every once in a while uh, especially you know when we're talking via text or something you talk you bring up golf you bring it <laughs> up do. you love it how first of all do you I, I remember i remember when i was just a kid and you know you i think you took it up how old were you when you I mean, you were playing in late. the bigs right yeah late i took it up late uh b- big mistake big mistake <laughs> taking it up late it really was i mean the slice the slice has been it's been really tough, uh, and you know, but but little by little, my buddies, uh, we've been went out to Cartagena last year, and then and, and played a little golf in Cartagena last year. Played in Miami once in a while. Okay. Haven't picked, haven't been able to play in the last six months because I had a knee replacement. Boy. But I, I need I need to get back to it now. You know, now that I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. The short game, working on the short game, still aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> I dig it. We're working on it. So I dig it. Still enjoy it. Well, hey, man, I appreciate your time. And uh, I'll be watching the the World Series, the College World Series, of course. Loving it. Ole Miss? Uh, there's some, so many great ball players yeah. in college, man. It doesn't yeah. get better. So, it doesn't. And and all of a sudden, all these guys that I broadcast, Pete Alonzo, Jonathan India, mm. they yeah. play, played in Florida. Now they're in the big leagues and yeah. they're stars in the big leagues. There it's you great. Go. Pretty Makes crazy times. Old. Yeah. Great seeing you, Eduardo. We'll stay in touch. I know Adam is on uh, line with you, so we wish you all the best this uh, year as well. Yeah, no doubt, man. You got it. Thanks for having me, fellas. There you go. Eduardo Perez live here with us, living the good life show live from Dallas. We'll be right back, everyone. Mm-hmm.